Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Hi there, I'm Claire Murphy. This is Mamma Mia's daily news podcast, The Quickie, and soon we'll be taking a look at the second life and relaunch of the recently released from prison Gypsy Rose Blanchard. But first, here's what's happening around the world for Wednesday, January 17. Foreign Minister Penny Wong has made it clear that Australia is not in a position to demand a ceasefire in the continuing Israel-Hamas conflict. Wong is currently in Jordan, where she has added to calls for peace in the region, but says she doesn't believe we can demand specific assurances as she commits a further $21 million in humanitarian assistance for the region to help support those impacted by the war in Gaza, bringing Australia's total commitment to helping the region to $46 million. Senator Wong says the situation in Gaza is dire and that she will continue to voice Australia's hopes that all involved will work towards an enduring and just peace in which Israelis live in peace and security and Palestinians are able to achieve their legitimate aspirations for statehood. The cost of sending kids to school in Australia has risen significantly, the consistent trend spiking following high inflation. In Melbourne, it now costs parents and carers a total of $108,000 to send a child to a government school over 13 years, taking into account all other costs such as school supplies, excursions, electronic devices and extracurricular activities. That number increases to $195,000 for Catholic school and $316,000 for independent schooling. Education expenses were highest in Sydney, rising by more than $20,000 from 2023 to 377000 with Canberra the most expensive in the nation for Catholic schooling, with a more than $11,000 increase on the year before to 208000 Rangers on Queensland's Gurry Island have made the difficult decision to euthanise a dingo that's attacked three people in recent weeks, two of them children. The animal bit a man on the back of his leg in the Hook Point barge area on Monday. A primary school-aged girl was also taken to hospital last week with significant leg wounds after she was bitten multiple times while swimming in the same area. Due to the escalation in aggressive behaviour, Queensland Parks and Wildlife Service decided to euthanise the dingo, the last resort in the management of the relationship between the animals and people on the island. There have been six dingo-related incidents on Gurry since December, five involving children. A second season of the binge show Strife has been given the go-ahead after breaking the streaming platform's records. After the show, inspired by Mamma Mia founder Mia Friedman's memoir Work Strife Balance, debuted back in December, it surpassed numbers achieved by the previous record holder for the platform, Colin from Accounts, making it the most successful launch for both first day and first week viewing. The writers are now putting together the script to continue Evelyn's story and her push to create a women's media empire while also trying to balance her personal life. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. 
That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. That's your latest news headlines. In a moment, we're jumping into the twisted tale of Gypsy Rose Blanchard, a young girl tortured by her mother, but who would herself end up behind bars. Her recent release giving us insight into the little girl who chose jail over a prison of her mother's making. In June 2015, 48-year-old Claudine Blanchard, or Dee Dee as she was known, would have her life cut short. Her body was found in the little pink house she shared with her daughter Gypsy Rose in a quiet suburban street in Springfield, Missouri. But while authorities were quick to catch her killers, Dee Dee's murder would be one that would have many questioning whether in this case the motive justified the crime. Gypsy Rose was born in July 1991. Her parents, Rod and Dee Dee, met while he was still in high school. Then 17-year-old Rod popping the question when he found out he'd gotten his 24-year-old girlfriend pregnant. Their marriage didn't survive long, the pair splitting not long after Gypsy was born, Rod admitting he'd married her for the wrong reasons. When Gypsy was just three months old, Dee Dee took her in to see her doctor, worried she was suffering from sleep apnea. Tests revealed no health issues, but Dee Dee didn't believe them, convinced her daughter was ill, so began taking her to hospitals to get a diagnosis. She would later tell Rod she thought Gypsy had a chromosomal defect, her convictions about her daughter's ailments spiralling as time passed. At one stage, Gypsy was being treated for leukaemia and was confined to a wheelchair due to muscular dystrophy. By the time her daughter was eight, Dee Dee was overseeing her feeding regime through a tube, delivering nutrients directly into her stomach. When Hurricane Katrina destroyed their Louisiana home in 2005, Dee Dee claimed all of Gypsy's medical records and birth certificate had been destroyed. This would ramp up the medical procedures for her daughter, who at some stages in her life had no idea how old she actually was. Doctors saying the little girl never spoke up during interactions with the medical professional she came to see. I called her for her 18th birthday and Dee Dee said, don't tell her she's 18, you know. She, I'm like, what do you mean don't tell her she's 18? She said, no, she's 18, it's her 18th birthday. Ah, well, she, she don't know she's 18, she's, you know. She told me her mental capacity was, you know, like five years behind. You know, when she was like 15, she was like, oh yeah, you know, her learning is coming along, but she's like, you know, mentally at like a nine or 10 year old. That's Rod Blanchard, Gypsy's dad, speaking on the Mummy Dead and Dearest documentary currently streaming on Binge. The mother and daughter eventually relocated to Springfield, Missouri, where Habitat for Humanity had built them a little pink home. Charitable contributions also saw them enjoy a free trip to Disney World and backstage passes to concerts, kind hearts showing love for the woman who fought to support her young daughter through all those medical conditions. While one of the doctors Dee Dee approached flagged possible Munchausen syndrome by proxy as far back as 2007, authorities didn't intervene and no one can fully explain how or why so many medical professionals assisted in delivering so many unnecessary procedures and medications. Gypsy tried to run away, 
that her mother tracked her down after just a few hours, after which she'd chained her daughter to the bed and left her there for weeks, with little food and water, having to go to the toilet in her bed. By June 2015, Gypsy and a man she'd met online, Nicholas Godijon, had hatched a plan to free her from her mother's control. Gypsy had been secretly speaking to Godijon for years, posting about her love for a man who wanted to be her dominant lover, who wanted her to be submissive to him and do his bidding, a role that Gypsy knew all too well. But while the pair played out this dynamic online, Godijon would also tell her that he would do anything for her, including kill. She'd eventually told him about her mother, and on the night of June 14, 2015, John, who travelled from his home in Wisconsin to Springfield, waited for a signal from Gypsy. When Dee Dee finally fell asleep, that signal came, and Gypsy met him at the door with a knife and a pair of gloves. He ordered her to go hide in the bathroom. After Dee Dee's murder, the pair fled to Big Bend, Wisconsin, to John's mother's house, where Gypsy would update her mother's Facebook status, saying... That bitch is dead. Police tracked them through the IP address of that Facebook post, arresting Gypsy Rose and Godijon just a month shy of Gypsy's 24th birthday. What would be revealed during the course of the trial that followed was that Gypsy Rose had been the victim of her mother's Munchausen syndrome by proxy a relatively rare psychological disorder where a child's primary carer exhibits attention-seeking behaviour by seeking medical help for exaggerated, made-up or inflicted symptoms on their child. In reality, Gypsy doesn't have any of the conditions her mother claimed she suffered from. She'd actually been mentally and physically abused, forced to use a feeding tube she didn't need, subjected to a huge amount of unnecessary medical treatments, beaten and chained to her bed. Mummy Dead and Dearest also features an interview with Gypsy while she's still in prison, where she described how she was forced to stop using her legs, had her head shaved to mimic a cancer patient, and how at times she had no idea what her mother was injecting into her. And then another machine was for the feeding tube. It was controlling what I'd eat. My medications would be put through there. I really wouldn't even have to be awake, so she could put whatever in my body and I wouldn't even know. The documentary also shed some light on who Dee Dee was when she was alive. Her family described how she would steal money from them, open credit cards in their names and write bad checks. Her stepmother explains how Dee Dee poisoned her with weed killer, leaving her bedridden for nine months. Dee Dee's biological mother, Emma, who also had a history of petty crime, ended up in Dee Dee's care as she got older. Dee Dee had trained as a nurse at one stage, and in a glimpse of what was to come for Gypsy, she controlled her mother's end of life. Her family explained how they suspected she was responsible for Emma's death. Dee Dee was starving her. Asked her sister, you think Dee Dee had anything to do with her, her mom's death? And she, you know, said, now I wonder. That's how evil she was. That's Gypsy's stepmother, Christy. In 2016, Gypsy Rose pled guilty to Dee Dee's murder. The county prosecutor, though, on hearing the extraordinary conditions under which Gypsy had been forced to live, did not seek a first-degree murder charge. Instead, she pled guilty to second-degree murder and was sentenced to 10 years behind bars. 
Seven years later, she faced a parole hearing, after which she received the good news, calling her stepmom from jail. I got my answer today. It's really good news. I am leaving prison and going home on my earliest out date of December 28, 2023. Eight years after orchestrating the death of her controlling and abusive mother, Gypsy Rose Blanchard was released in December 2023, having served 85% of her sentence. Since then, she's hit the interview and talk show circuit hard, telling her story and explaining how she feels about her mother, her then-boyfriend and co-conspirator, how she feels about herself and how she's adjusting to her new life on the outside with her new husband... It seems like a lot of exposure for someone freshly new into the world, especially for someone who's never really had a life of her own. Gemma Barth is Mamma Mia's news editor. Gemma, Gypsy went into jail with her boyfriend, Nicholas Godijon, but came out with a husband who is not that boyfriend. How did this relationship come about and who is Ryan Anderson? Yeah, so her relationship with Nick crumbled pretty quickly after they both went to prison about a year in. It kind of fizzled out when they went to separate prisons. She actually dated someone else for a while, was engaged to another man called Ken in 2018. They called off their wedding and then she met Ryan. He wrote her a letter in 2020. Now, I think it's worth pointing out that a lot of men wrote Gypsy letters. Around 250 potential lovers kind of reached out to Gypsy while she was in prison And Ryan caught her eye. He is a special education teacher from Louisiana, which is where she was from. So she saw the common ground, decided to write back. They got talking. That developed into love and a relationship. He has said that he was smitten from the moment he heard her voice. And they met in person in July 2021, so about a year after they started talking and then got married about a year after that. So, yes, she was released from prison only a few weeks ago, a married woman to Ryan, and pretty soon after they consummated their marriage, which they told everyone about. (laughs) So they've been very open about what their marriage has been like, what their relationship's been like now that they're out of prison. They've been very open about their love and their sexual relationship. I understand, too, they're going to get remarried now that she's out? Correct, yes. Well, they had, you know, a prison-style wedding, which, as you can imagine, probably isn't overly beautiful and (laughs) romantic. So they're going to kind of redo the reception, redo the wedding with all of their friends and family around. She has been quoted as saying, I deserve that, he deserves that. They both want to have the dress and the cake and, and everything that they deserve to celebrate their love. Now, as you mentioned, Gypsy has been out for a couple of weeks now, and in that time, it seems she has been on almost every talk show in the US and has done several sit-down interviews with different publications. Why this big, giant relaunch into society? We didn't see this with the likes of other people who've been in jail for lengthy periods. Is she cashing in on the moment right now, or is she setting up a future career? What's with all the media attention? It's actually not all her doing. A lot of it is actually PR for a book and a documentary that she has been a part of. So it's another company that's kind of set up all of these opportunities for her. 
But it has all culminated with exactly when she's being released from prison, the book, the documentary. It's all kind of happened at once. So there's this enormous explosion of media attention and all of these kind of interviews, pre-locked-in appearances with podcasts and talk shows that are all happening within a few days of each other. Even on her own social media accounts, she's now got about 8 million followers on Instagram, 9.5 million on TikTok. This is a woman that didn't have social media a few weeks ago and suddenly she is literally everywhere. I personally can't go on my own social media without seeing at least a video related to Gypsy pop up. So it would be silly to not see that this is a relaunch in some sense that it will be a chance for her to make money and to kind of create a career for herself. This is a girl, now woman, who has never really worked, hasn't had a life in the outside world, doesn't have any real qualifications, but she does have her story and she has shown us that she's prepared to sell it. So that's what she's doing. How have the interviewers been handling it? Because I've seen some pretty interesting interactions between her and some of the people who've been talking to her about her story. Yes. Well, I think the most interesting one that comes to mind is a US talk show called The View. There was a host on there that literally forgot that Gypsy was a convicted murderer. And I get... <laughs> I guess it's quite easy when you see the coverage to forget that because she is being treated like a celebrity, not a convicted murderer, (laughs) or she is being asked about her love life and her sex life and what her favourite food is and all of these kinds of things, and we're not really talking about what she actually did because she is a victim in this story as well as being a perpetrator. So this host simply forgot and When she started talking about what she had done, Gypsy, Joy, the host, started saying, oh, no, 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 don't don't talk about that. You haven't done anything wrong. And Gypsy had to be like, well, yes, murder is wrong, and had to basically kind of own up to her own crime in an interview. So it's quite fascinating to watch how someone like Gypsy can be transformed overnight from someone who is in prison greens or a prison cell to a a literal influencer and celebrity. I can't imagine how overwhelming all of this must be for her. And I'm presuming and hoping that she received some pretty intense therapy considering where she came from before landing herself in prison. Hopefully she's been having therapy to try and get her through all of that first and then to kind of move herself out into the real world. But Has she said anything about her readjustment and how she's coping with being outside? Yeah, she has told interviewers that she is in therapy, which is great. And interestingly, on the anniversary of her mother's death every year, she does mark it. She puts on her mum's favourite song. She has a cry. And she's been very open about the fact that she knows people might judge her for that because she was the one that orchestrated her mother's death. But, you know, it's such a complex case. She's dealing with two sides of it being her mother and also being abused by that same person who she also loved. It's such a complex kind of thing to wrap your head around. And she also said that jail was the first time she'd actually experienced, like, freedom outside of what she lived with her mum and that it has prepared her for the outside world probably better than when she was living with Dee Dee. It has freed her from her mum's control. So now she is kind of working out what life is like as a free woman. And she is kind of granting herself patience in that process as she works it out. 
I guess with all this spotlight being on Gypsy Rose, it's easy to kind of forget that she wasn't the only one that went to jail back then. What's happened to Nicholas Godijon? He's serving a life sentence. Has Gypsy spoken about him? Does she feel bad for him and the fact that he's going to be spending a lot more time in jail than she did? She's spoken about feeling guilty, particularly back when they were being sentenced. So she testified on his behalf during his trial in 2018 because of that feeling of guilt, that sense of guilt. But nowadays, now that she has been released, now that she has served her time for her part in the crime, she's told the view that she can't focus on him right now. She has to prioritise herself. She has to readjust to the world. And she's kind of putting that chapter and Nick behind her, which, you know, is fair enough. She's got a chance at a new life. Gypsy Rose has a lot of adjusting to do, a lot of life to live and a lot of memories that will require support and time to work through. But she told Entertainment Tonight that we are also the ones who need to move on. She's not the little girl stuck in an endless childhood anymore. I think their image of me in their mind is still stuck in that time space Mm -hmm. and they don't allow for any growth. And so I think now that I'm coming out as a woman and sharing my story now, I hope they'll see me in a, a more grown-up light. Thanks for spending some time with us today. We love that our job is feeding your mind. We're going to do it all again tomorrow. The Quickie is produced by me, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Callie Borg, with audio production by Tom Lyme. <laughs>